This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, where we preview and review all the big business and market stories with Oanda senior market analysts from around the world. And today it is Jeff Halley in Singapore. Good morning from London. Good afternoon to you, Jeff. And good morning, good afternoon to you too, Johnny. Thanks for having me. Let's start with the latest from the markets in your part of the world. It's been a very up and down week. It looked like a roller coaster on the graph, won't it? Particularly in Hong Kong, uh, very strong gains today. Uh, it wasn't like that yesterday, and it wasn't like that the day before. Yeah, look, it's been a, a roller coaster week, as you said. Uh, I call it a wax on, wax off sort of market. So there's no one overriding theme driving markets at the moment. On one hand, We've got vaccine-led global recoveries, yada, yada, yada. That's positive for stock markets and asset markets in general. On the other hand, we're starting to hear a lot more noise about bubbles now after the bond market tantrum that we saw uh, last week, which has since ebbed as well. Uh, This is leaving the markets a little bit directionless, and so they tend to tail chase in these sorts of markets, and they seize on what I call the theme of the day. Uh, it was recovery on Monday, it was bubbles yesterday, and today it's recovery. So we've seen Asia uh, perform quite strongly. And what we've seen is a lot of China mainland retail money hitting downloads, Shenzhen and, and Shanghai equity pipes into the Hong Kong market, and hence it's outperformed today. Currencies, a lot of them are looking a bit wobbly at the moment, aren't they? And the dollar remains strong. Yeah, the dollar's quietly going about its business. It uh, rallied, obviously, with uh, higher bond yields, and it's never really retreated from there. And we're in a very interesting uh, point now. If we look at the technical charts, uh, previously pretty bulletproof currencies such as the euro and notably the British pound uh, are actually in uh, in danger of having uh, corrective uh, moves lower. Uh, which would telegraph more dollar strength, of course. Also, the darlings of the market, the commodity commonwealths, the Canadian dollar, the Australian dollar, the New Zealand dollar, they've created love and sharpening as well, but they're still actually looking quite weak from a technical perspective, and that's signaling uh, more dollar strength as, ahead as well. I think if the US data, and we have a lot of it coming out this week, if that comes out quite strong over the next few days, we could see uh, bond yields start to rise again, and uh, we may be back into uh, a risk-off market once more. Indeed. We've got non-farm payroll, of course, on Friday. And the ongoing introduction of Joe Biden's big relief package, $1.9 trillion, of course, uh, set for a, a fairly tough landing in the Senate this week. Uh, no support, unsurprisingly, from the Republican lawmakers. So the White House is focusing on Democratic Party unity. He's going to get it through, isn't he? It's looking so. The, there is a, one senator from one of the southern states who is a Democrat, and uh, he probably actually errs more to what I would call a, a, a classic Republican uh, outlook on, on life in the universe than, than he does perhaps the, the more New Age Democrat left-hand side of that party. Uh, and he expressed uh, quite some concern about the minimum wage uh, deal. Uh, that they were proposing to, to, to push through this federally mandated rise in the in the minimum wage. The Democrats have actually dropped that uh, that that clause now, and they're just proceeding with the 1.9 trillion bill that's passed uh, the House of Representatives quite easily. And it looks like it's now because it doesn't include that minimum wage hike. It looks like it's on track to pass through the Senate 
reasonably uh, intact now as well, although I'm, I'm assuming that uh, the Vice President will have to cast her vote and it will be a 51-50 vote. But uh, I'm quite confident now that we will see 1.9 trillion of stimulus hitting the US economy over the next month. Amazing how close it really turned out, didn't it? Just that casting vote is so tight. Um, good news for Joe Biden. Well, he has announced that it looks like they will be able to offer a vaccination to everybody in the United States by the end of May. So they're going pretty well, almost as well as the United Kingdom on that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think the market really hasn't priced in what a game changer this approval of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine uh, is going to be. It, it's a one-shot vaccine and it can be stored at uh, fridge temperatures. So it's easily transportable, one-shot. And they've actually done a deal. Well, the government threw some money at the problem and, and it's put the two parties together. But Merck, one of Johnson & Johnson's largest competitors, has entered into an agreement to co-manufacture the J&J vaccine, which will massively boost supplies because Merck is a much bigger uh, player in the in the vaccine market than Johnson and Johnson and has all the infrastructure there to scale the production. So things are moving along uh, very rapidly there. Of course, the, the the challenges will be getting it out to perhaps an increasingly sceptical public. But certainly for the US, uh, having weathered probably the worst of the COVID storm on many fronts, uh, it's somewhat ironic that they will probably be one of the first countries to emerge from it. Now, I'm sitting here in the UK, Jeff, so I think it's only fair that we talk about Budget Day, of course. It's a, it's a big day for Chancellor Rishi Sunak. Beyond the political theatre, the question is, what will he have up his sleeve when he announces the government tax and spend plans this afternoon? Um, the UK has taken on a huge COVID-19 debt, so where is he going to find the cash to support an ailing economy? Uh front page of the Financial Times today is saying that he'll use the budget to extend the package of COVID-19 support all the way until the end of September, uh, a plan which he hopes will nurse Britain back to economic health by the autumn. Uh, there's the furlough scheme as well, due originally end to end in April. That will run until June, but apparently he wants to avoid a jobs cliff edge by uh, extending that further until the end of September with employers picking up a bigger share of the wages of laid-off staff. And within those headlines, of course, the much-trailed potential rises in corporation tax, capital gains tax, I could go on. Uh, markets obviously very keen to hear what Rishi Sunak has to say, particularly about stuff like the furlough scheme, because that makes business sense, keeping people in work rather than out of work. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd really want this man's job, to be honest. He's, it, it's, a, it's a tough set of choices because no matter what he does, he's going to upset vast corners of the population, uh, whether it's business or the man on the street, etc. In, in Britain, yes, I believe that he does need to keep these fiscal stimulus measures going. Uh, the UK is not out of COVID-19. We know that uh, so, so very, very well. However, they are making uh, excellent progress on their uh, vaccination programs. And like the US, they will be one of the first countries to really emerge from it. And I think Mr. Sunak is banking uh, on Britain uh, emerging at quite a rapid pace uh, from, from, the pandemic, uh, from the pandemic depression. Uh, and that will boost tax revenues into the government coffers. But there's no escaping the fact that the level of government spending has to be paid for, and it can't be paid for 
just by issuing gilts, by issuing government debt, even though it's never been a better time to issue lots of government debt. You still will have lots of that as well. Taxes are going to have to rise, though. Uh, now, whether that is more weight on business, and I think when you touched uh, on uh, in asking businesses to pay more of this furlough scheme later in the year, that will be the tip of the iceberg. Uh, bear in mind also they are politicians and they probably want to win the next election as well. Uh, the obvious choices would be uh, to hit business taxes uh, either directly or indirectly. So I'm expecting uh, tax rises across the board, uh, whether by stealth or by uh, less subtle means. I think they'll leave UK income tax alone though. Uh, for various reasons, not least because most of them are quite angry voters at the moment. Yeah, I mean, that would be political suicide, right, if they tried to raise uh, uh, income tax. Although, of course, the current thresholds, uh, top rate at 50,000 and I think the bottom rate at 12,500, they'll be frozen, uh, which in a sense is a tax increase, uh, bearing in mind that people tend to earn more money each year. But we shall see. Um the rest of the week, Jeff, uh, we've got OPEC plus tomorrow. And the big question is uh, whether they'll increase the supply. Is that likely? I do believe they will. And that's because of the noises that Russia and Iraq and the United Arab Emirates are, are, are making. We have seen the market positioning itself over the last 24 hours, well, the last 48 hours, really, for just this outcome. We've seen Brent uh, crude uh, fall back towards uh, $61 from around $66 uh, late last week. That's a unwinding of speculative uh, long positioning and also the markets uh, reducing exposure in uh, oil contracts ahead of what they expect to be, will be a, uh, a production uh, increase or a reduction of the production cuts, however you want to phrase that one. I do believe though that uh, the oil markets are still extremely tight and even if they do raise by 1.5 million barrels a day, which is what I'm expecting at this stage, uh, that will be very rapidly absorbed. The futures markets are very clearly signalling that there's a shortage of physical oil in the market globally at the moment. So I'm looking at this as a dip uh, for buyers to, to get long again rather than an actual structural turn in the price of oil. So I'm expecting that OPEC, uh, once that announcement's out of the way, uh, oil prices will start to rise once more. Okay, and it's non-farm payroll on Friday. I'll be talking to Ed Moyer, Oanda, Senior Market Analyst in New York. Uh, post that announcement, Jeff Halley in Singapore, thanks very much for joining us this morning. My pleasure.